It's the Songwriters Lounge with me, Andy, and my buddy Tom. Ayo, ayo. Ayo. We're back for episode. <laughs> what are we on now? I'm losing count. Episode 12, 12. mate. 12. <sighs> mate, not long to go for the. before we hit that 15 end of season one milestone. Exactly. But it's coming in fast. Season two sounds fun. So, what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to go up to season. to episode 15, season one. And then we're going to just give you guys a good old Christmas break without your pals Andy and Tom. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we'll be back next year with season two and we're going to squeeze some guest appearances in. Yeah. And just keep listening to good music and chatting about songwriting. So we're going to get some, some people that can really like dissect their songwriting journey like from start to finish. And like some people that have really kind of established themselves and, you know, hopefully they can share some of their story and share some tips and tricks. And yeah, hopefully it'll be really, really cool. So I'm excited about what that will, will bring. But yeah, we'll, we'll dive off in a few weeks time and let Santa take over and <laughs> ho hopefully cheer you up after the, um, you know, the abysmal 2020. <laughs> yeah, that's a... It's been a shocker. It's not been a fun year for anyone. <laughs> it's been an absolute shocker. So, yeah, I mean, I, I said in about May time, why don't we just put a, up a Christmas tree and just call it a fucking year? Because it's just so shit. Oh, mate. We, uh, we put one up two weeks ago. And did you? That, that, mate, I just sick it. Christmas tree, the Christmas tree in our house like brings us so much joy that we're like... Oh, yeah. We've got to get this up because we've got to forget about this year and move on I to next. I feel like people have done that this year. They've like definitely made a deliberate attempt to start Christmas earlier so that they would get that like Christmas joy because it has been so glum. Yeah, it's yeah, a good idea. People, I, I will say that being in America, people have given us some shit here for it because <laughs> because they obviously celebrate Thanksgiving at the end of the month. So oh, they're like, oh, you can't put it up before Thanksgiving. And we're like, well... It's fun. <laughs> like, let us have yeah. something. We can't do anything else this year. <laughs> oh, That's mate. True. But, and b both of which are big, like, turkey feasts, aren't they? Because you have... Massive. You have a big... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a big, like, same kind of Christmas dinner at Thanksgiving, don't you? Yeah, but Ish. we we kind of throw turkey in at Christmas. Thanksgiving is the main turkey feast here. Mm. And it's delicious. Like, the, the, the meals here are great. Um, so yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be a little light at the end of the tunnel, right? A little get well myself being. fat for the Christmas season and then <laughs> yeah. get back outside and start it's, running again. Yeah, because obviously I, I'm not fat enough after doing nothing during lockdown, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Well, I've got like a, a little tip for you this week and I hope that you guys listening are also going to take this on board. Go to your Amazon Prime. If you don't have Amazon Prime... You can sign up free for like seven days or whatever it is. Watch the documentary, It's All About a Song, because it's all about the best Nashville songwriters. And it's like, it's just amazing. Like, it's all about the journey of being a songwriter in Nashville and it interviews some of the best songwriters there. And you've got names that you definitely would have heard, like Casey Musgraves, who started as a songwriter there. Um, a bunch more people that I'm forgetting the names. And you got the people that are more underground, the, the songwriters. Right. And they go to like, you know, the same place every single day and write songs with people. And it's cool. amazing, amazing to watch. So do that. It's called It's All About a Song. Um, it, it just inspired me for an hour and a half. Just absolutely inspired me. Oh, I'm um, buzzing for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one like bit of advice I took away from, maybe you're struggling from writer's block. But this guy came on the documentary. If you watch the documentary, you'll know what I'm talking about. He said, if you're struggling with a song or writing a song and you just can't come up with the words, write the song as a letter to someone mm -hmm. and don't think about rhyming, don't think about anything, just write it as a letter. And he was like, I promise you, there'll be a song in there. It's all about what you make of it. So I thought, wow, that's good advice. And I tested that. And it worked. So there we go. I, I just, I love that. And um, success. Yeah. So, yeah, nice. go watch that, guys. And, you know, while you're at it, don't forget to like, subscribe to us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, catch up with us, 
you know, we're 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 nice guys, I think. Say so. hello. Well, you're you're a nice guy. I'm an arsehole, but <laughs> Tom's here for well, you. Well, <laughs> he's a good guy. <laughs> but what can I say? He's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a good guy, really. Um, but yeah, that sounds that sounds good. I'll definitely be checking that out. I, I checked out the new. There's a podcast that I listen to a side of ours, of course, uh, called Song Exploder. Have you ever checked that out? No, is it good? No, so that's it's a really cool like show where they like explode a song, and they've just started a Netflix series. So that's really cool. Like where they've got Alicia Ooh. Keys, you know, and it's a full like hour breakdown of how she wrote her latest song, and yeah, it was really good. They also did a one on Lin Manuel. Is that his name, Lin Manuel? Lin Manuel. Lin Manuel. Yeah, I can't remember his Miranda last name, but or yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, and he obviously talks about one of the songs from the amazing musical, which is Hamilton, and proper breaks that down, and you know, you see like, you know, I'd love to it, watch that. Oh, it's really good. I'd What's it highly called? recommend that. It's called Song Exploder. I'm gonna look out for that because so, yeah, you know Lin Manuel. We're he also wrote the. <laughs> we're totally exactly, yeah. We need, we need to work. <laughs> we're not them. sponsored by these guys, guys. We're, we just want to spread this, what we've uh, both been watching, and and yeah, check it out. Well, you know that Lin Manuel Miranda also wrote the Moana soundtrack. Mm. Which is you can pretty definitely cool. hear it. You can definitely. Yeah, you can, hear it. especially in "You're Welcome." Yeah, I could go the little rap. It's this it, classic yeah. kind of sound, isn't it? Yeah, it's very him. Cool, definitely. So, shall we go into some of our artist spotlights? So, we've got an Please. exciting first track from a band called Transviolet, and this is their song "Tropics." Hey, this is Sarah from Transviolet, and this is our new song "Tropics." Mario meets like hip hop and pop. Yeah, isn't it? I yeah, like it's the. So good. I want to start by saying if you can use the word vacay seriously in a chorus, then you're onto a winner. <laughs> like, and no one cares about it. I um, couldn't pull it off. I, I, me neither. I would sound like a prick <laughs> if I put the word vacay but or she anything. She sounded like really that. cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, there. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I really like the kind of the air on the vocal the whole way through. Yeah. You know, even the yes, vocal samples had so much air and brightness to them. Loved it. And great verb on the vocal. Um, mm. And I really enjoy just the natural kind of timbre and just the natural tone of Sarah's vocal. I believe it's Sarah, the lead singer. Um, and I think the band have done an amazing job with the arrangement because there's so many little kind of synth samples and pops and... All over the kind of stereo field, there's stuff like kind of yeah. attacking from everywhere, you know? Effects um, overload. Yeah, but I mean, it worked. Like you said, it was like, yeah. like almost listen to like kind of like 8 bit pop. Like, yeah. I loved it. And I like it that they've accented certain words. Like, you know, they, they say a lot of place names like Paris, Berlin. And then they have the tropics word in there. That's obviously the title of the song, and they've accented them so well, um, which I really, really enjoyed. And I don't usually listen to this kind of music, but I, I loved this song. Listened to it a few times. Add it to our Spotify playlist, guys. Check that out. 
artist spotlight Spotify playlist. Um, links will be down below or in the description. And I already had to kind of scratch my head on what I would have done to add to this session if I was part of the band or in the production booth. Or I think the only thing I would have done is I would have loved some kind of palm-muted arpeggio kind of guitar in the pre-chorus and chorus, almost like, you know how like titanium is the dun-dun-dun? Yeah. I just added something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then maybe just some lead guitar bends way up the neck and way in the background, kind of like they've they've sampled in those vocal ad-libs and the synth kind of like dazzle in synth. Yeah. I just added some like, like really up high on the neck. But I mean, that's it. I mean, really, really enjoyed the song um, and really great band, like really great band. The arrangement, I can't say enough how hard and long that arrangement would have taken. Oof. Awesome job, was, really enjoyed it. It was very, very heavy on the sound design, like really heavy, but I mean, in a good way. Like there was very lots, lots going on. It's funny because it was kind of like our, our um, song last week, which was quite heavy sound design wise as well by, um, I think it was Lena Cooper. Yes. Uh, and that, you know, this is a, a similar thing where they've just got so much going on. They've got reverb delays coming in at the end of vocal phrases to just draw out the tail of the vocal. You've got transition and like glitch effects in there. You've got vocal chops in the intro. You've got vocal Q&A effects in the verse. So it's like formatted mm. vocals of, you know, I think it was the one, two, three, four, five section. There's so much going on and it's just like, they're just completely pushing you to continually be like drawn to something else and keep that excitement, keep the listener, you know, involved in the song. Um, so that was really well done. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of clever production in there. You know, none of none of that is easy to just drop in a session. You've got to automate a lot of that manually. You've got to really think about what effects you're putting in there, what reverbs you're using. It's it's quite quite difficult stuff. That so respect. You know, they've they've done a good job there. I noticed and, that um, there was some really tasty saturation on the reverb tails, and again, mm. I don't know if they automated that in, but just lovely. <laughs> it might not even be saturation. It might be compression. But there's yeah, something think, in that reverb tale. I think what what happened at the end of some of the phrases is, yeah, it was either like ducked with a compressor or it was like a dyn either a dynamic EQ or maybe it was just automated, but it would come in like so nicely at the end of the phrase and really just like make the end of the phrase the, like that that last word just like soar for like another, I don't know, three, four seconds. They've but, opened that yeah. high end up as well on everything, which I love. Yeah, I love that. And I, yeah, I really liked the kind of overall soundscapey kind of vibe of the song, especially at the start, of course. And yeah, the vocal is saturated to the mass. It is so, so rich. I, I really just loved the kind of pop style that she had. I loved her, like, delivery of the vocal. So, like, stylistically, she had that kind of, that real kind of edge to the way she sang, um, which is... I don't, you know, that's what separates some artists from you know being good and great is that kind of distinctness, distinction um, between like the words you say and how you say it and how you perform. And she's got that down there. And I, and I really like the kind of slight huskiness in her voice and that yeah. low end. She had that, I don't know if it's like, again, just like that natural timbre coming through or if they added a wee bit of distortion, but whatever happened there, I really liked it. Um, and in the end of this track, there's like a vocal feature, so there's someone else that comes in on it, and there's a really good back and forth between those um, vocals, and they, they sit really well together. Like It doesn't seem like someone else has came in the track and doesn't belong there. Like It, you know, it didn't feel out of place, so that was really well mixed as well to make them belong in the song together. Um, and I, I really liked, I want to per, pay particular attention to the stab, the synth stab, because this synth stab was like really kind of warm and bright, but mostly in the mid-range. So it wasn't absolutely killing your ears with that like high, intense brightness. 
and yeah. it had a really nice kind of saturation and nice fuzz to it. And it was like quite a it was quite a prominent part of the mix and quite a fundamental part of the instrumentation. So I just wanted to to say that that was quite a an out there choice of an instrument. Like it's very unique, very not common to be so exposed and and but it really worked for me. I really, really liked it. Like and again, like this track for me is trying to be nothing but unique. I don't think they're copying anyone I know of. It certainly is nothing that I've listened to recently. So they're doing something right in terms of their kind of pushing boundaries, you know, both kind of sound design wise and, you know, stylistically. And uh, yeah, I, I really liked the track overall. I think the only thing I would say is if I was in the, you know, in the studio with them or I was doing my little bit on the sound design and trying to take it, just put my spin on it, I'd have loved the kick to have been more kind of, to do more work in the chorus, to really add like some rhythmical punch. So like the, the kick was obviously there in the chorus, but instead of like it had quite large gaps in between the, the kicks and the hits, I'd love it for it to have had more of a kind of, <clears throat> like just yeah. more kind of rhythmical feature just to drive again a bit more of a of a bop feel to it a bit more of a dance feel to it because that's that's what I naturally wanted to do when I was listening to it is to kind of start to bop my head and and whatnot but I just needed that kick to be to be kind of helping me along that journey a wee bit but sure really really cool track and a great one to kick the show off with it was and the the, we we you said about the, the the guest feature on it is Please forgive me if I'm saying this name wrong. Rio Cragen, Rio Cragen, Rio Cragen. We'll say is the guest feature. I believe you. Yeah, lovely stuff. Really enjoyed it, guys. Yeah, Thank you. really good, really good. Smashing. On to the next one. Hey, hey! This is Shayla McDaniel, and listening to my song "Worth Living." I wanna see all of your hair. Crown your head and see run I wanna see it all fall out But I need you around Please don't believe I love Shayla's voice. Honestly, Shayla, you could sing anything to me and I'd love it. You could I love Shayla's name. <laughs> I love Shayla's name too. I just what love Shayla. Shayla. <laughs> we just <laughs> love you, Shayla. <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely song. And as I was listening to it again, I thought this would be amazing if Coldplay covered it. It's got kind of that mm. Coldplay kind of feel. I love I it love does. Coldplay. Yeah. It um, does. And the vocal melody is awesome. Very nice, very easy to listen to, which I mean, only mean that in every sense of the compliment. Uh, the, and I think Shayla's actually, all the instrumentation, vocals, all her. So not only a talented singer, songwriter, also multi-instrumentalist. Wow. And a good one as well. So that is seriously impressive. We're all trying I mean, to do the must- same thing. Yeah, I mean, you must as the as a drummer. I've listened to those. I mean, I was quite impressed by the drums. Certainly, like, poof. yeah. I, I mean, I would love to play drums for Shayla live. Do some yeah, harmonies yeah. in the background, you know. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just the the lyrics are beautiful as well. And I, again, Andy's a lyric guy, but I just wanted to say that the meaning behind the song is incredible. When I went to Shayla's band camp, I believe it is, just to kind of read the lyrics in full. And what an amazing thing that Shayla's done because she wrote this song as a direct message to anyone struggling with mental health or even thinking about suicide. And I wanted to take this moment from us, Andy and I, to just acknowledge and thank Shayla for the song. And if you're listening to this and struggling with any of these feelings, no matter what feeling, if you're struggling, Andy and I are here for you. We love you. And if you need anything at all, we will always take the time to make ourselves available to talk. And I mean that personally. I'm sure Andy will as well. Like I'm always here to talk. I promise that you're not a burden on anyone. And the world is a better place with you in it. And I'm always looking for new friends. So please reach out if you're feeling any of these. And I'm sure Shayla will say the exact same thing. But back to the song. Love the guitar tone. As you said, love the drums. I love the drum rhythm and beat that Shayla's chosen to go in everything. Move into the toms in the verse. It's just like, what, like it's a drummer's instinct, which yes. is awesome. And... I just, everything kind of weaved up perfectly for me in terms of the songwriting, the structure, the arrangement, the instruments involved. And this is one of those songs that I would have loved to have been in the room and written with Shayla. Yeah. Um, just one of those ones, you know. I just think I could have added something personally. And for me, being the drummer, I would have loved to have taken this to a studio and actually recorded the drums and mix the drums myself because um, I, I just felt that snare needed to be a little bit deeper and just bring that warmth out of the snare and the toms more just because the song is so deep and so rich and so beautiful that I think the drums needed to impact that as well and I wouldn't change anything about the rhythm or anything mm-hmm. just a couple of performance notes which you get when you use samples you can't avoid it so that's for me I'd have loved to have just drummed in the studio and been in the session and just I just really enjoyed the song especially when I read the lyrics like it just adds a whole new meaning so yeah it's a I'll let deep, Andy have his song. little say now <laughs> <laughs> do you think the the drums were sampled or do you think it was acoustic recorded samples I, th- mm, I think so see I'm not I'm not sure but I mean could be either yeah that's the thing these days you can get quite close with, with samples, I mean, I only use samples. I know it's cheating a bit, guys, right? But I can't afford <laughs> one to to get a drummer every time I, I make music. And, well, I can't play drums myself, so there's no <laughs> hope there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but, like, for me, it's, the drums, they sounded great. And I really, I really liked how much of a prominent feature they were as a driving force in this song and in this message and given that real like tom said that real kind of body you know and low that kind of depth to to the track the the way that the drums and this kind of moving bass line together worked in tandem oh i love that i always love when you've got drums and bass that just work together i think they are like the unsung heroes of any band when you get I mean, they're always okay. They're never really at the forefront of any live act you see, but they are like the foundation. They are where the band starts. Um, And I just, yeah, I thought they were working really well for me in this track. I liked the fact that the guitars sat kind of back a wee bit and just did what they were there to do. Just decorated. They didn't try and do anything too complex. They didn't try and get in your face too much. They were just sitting there... You know, tickling away, decorating the stereo field. Absolutely, absolutely. Just, just the way I like it. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the lead, the lead lines during the vocal pauses were particularly nice. Yeah, I like, love, I love like, when artists and songwriters do that. They were kind of arpeggiated at times, like yeah, I, I love that. Love just through that. the through the pauses in the melody and the vocal, I love it when people do that. Totally. 
Now, we get on to the voice. I mean, that voice, beautiful. Really Lovely. solid vocal performance, Shayla. Um, so I love your, your name, I love your voice, and it's... Yeah, your, your voice was well produced on this track, joking aside. Um, you know, it's, it's got that really nice roundedness to it. The only thing I would say is it was... I love vocal air on a track, but for me it had way too much. Just just to the point that I was a bit distracted by it. Just around about the low end of the air, so around the kind of 10 to 12 kilohertz region. Um, so if, if that was ducked a wee bit, that would have been like icing on the cake for me. So just a bit too bright for me. Um, but I loved the, the overall timbre that she had. Really, really nice. And yeah, the lyrics, what a, what a song, powerful wordsmanship. You know, the lines like, please don't believe the lies lodged inside of your mind. My God, very direct lyrics and powerful stuff. And, you know, your life is worth living. Please don't leave me behind. You know, like kind of reaching out, you know, su support. And it's, yeah, hopefully it will you know, provide a lot of comfort to people who need to hear those lyrics. And, um, yeah, what Tom said is absolutely true. You know, you, no one should feel alone. Um, it's always the people that hide it that are probably just like you, even though you'll look at them and think, why can't I be normal like them, etc. You know, we're all in this world going through all the same problems and we're all a massive family at the end of the day. And music... I think is is the perfect vehicle to to allow people like Shayla through music to extend that kind of warmth and that love be, beyond you know just the realms of her and her piano or whatever she wrote it from. It's it's I love it when when music does this kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed this track overall. Just for me, from a critical stance, the mix was overall just a bit too bright. So that's you know I've already said the the vocal ear. But the hats as well were a wee bit too bright for me and the drums. So just overall, a bit less of that brightness would have made the mix a bit more overall sonically balanced for me. And I would have just, you know, it would have just topped it off for me. But really, really nice. And again, like another one that we've had on the show with real kind of deep meaning behind it. You know, stuff that we can really get our teeth into emotionally. And for that, just thanks for sharing it. Sheila, thank you. Thank you. So we'll go on to our final track of the show, and this is from Alea. Hey, this is Alea from Manchester, and you're listening to my song sometimes on the Songwriters Lounge podcast. I really hope you like it. Sometimes track is for me that is my oh. kind of track tom yes that is a i would love to do a drum remix of that song there's so <laughs> many like places where you just want to like yeah just go for yeah, it just like drum and bass just, it. <laughs> just have a crazy good time um first thing i'll say is that track is mixed and mastered extremely well um you hear how everything's just in your face and just 
that screams to me a good master, but you can't get a good master without a good mix. So whoever produced it, done a fantastic job. Um, the vocals are awesome. So much air on that lead vocal. Air has been the theme, I feel, of this episode so far. Vocal air has been just, just spot on for me. Um, and the vocal doubling, very, very good. Everything's doubled, super tight. Exactly what you want in a pop track. Possibly the poppiest chorus we've had on the show. Yeah, like that's what I loved about this track is the instant kind of pop feel and instant kind of you just go, ah, yes, I like this. Like it's just, it triggers that initial, you know, I like it. It's, it's good. Exactly. Is that two or three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're spot on. I was just about to say, there's like two or three hooks in that chorus. Mm. Um, again, like we spoke about a few weeks ago with the song title question, this song is titled Sometimes. So, the word sometimes comes up in that chorus. Sometimes I do, do. So that, it just, it's just right yeah, there. Yeah. Really yeah. cool. Um, there's some really, there's a really nice high pitch synth that comes in the chorus behind everything, which just subtly tells the audience this is now the chorus without, obviously you've got the great hook, you've got everything else. Yeah. Throw it out left and right, just to build on that chorus so it really does a like, pop at you. Really nicely done, really cleverly arranged track. Um, I mean, there's not much else to say other than that, really. Just what a great song, great pop song. Um, tune. <coughs> yeah, tune. Tune. The, the only thing I would have maybe added if I was there as a producer, I was just losing those vocals in the chorus at times. Um, and I don't know if that's a volume thing or if I would have just put a compressor on the vocal bus, something like the Arvox. I don't know if you've used the Arvox by Waves. Awesome indeed. vocal producer, uh, vocal compressor, sorry. Um, well, maybe just compress that on the vocal bus. Maybe that's what I needed. Maybe just need a little bit of EQ leveling. I don't know if it was a volume problem. Um, but it was just times where I was just losing it a touch. But I think again, it was. I, th I think maybe a couple of dB on there definitely would have helped us. Yeah, I agree. But um, I, I mean, I really enjoyed the track. Again, it's not a genre that I, I know an awful lot about. Yeah. But I love it. Whenever I hear a good song, I'm always like, well, this is a bloody good song. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed so, it massively. So I'm going to be... I'm going to be harsh, right? But it's because I genuinely really like this track. And I, this is probably f from producing where I do most of, spend most of my time. Um, and I'll just dive like straight into it. And I, I, I don't want to like rip it to shreds because it's absolutely, it doesn't deserve that. But I think I just want to give my opinion because I'm quite passionate about how good like this this track is, you know, and and just the little bits from my producer ears, um, like I'll give you some of what I, I think really could have could have taken it to that next level. Um, but I'll start off with instrumentation wise, loved the guitars, so provided that really classic pop instant, a bit like that pluck you said earlier, Tom, you know, from the the Sia song, um. Is it without you or no? No, what were you? What was the oh, song um, Titanium. Titanium, yeah. What am I thinking? What's without you? That's uh, David Guetta, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, David Guetta. Yeah. Anyway, you get my idea. So you've got that really classic pop kind of guitar that comes in and the verse really complements the vocals very well. I've also paid particular attention like you to that kind of that synth in the chorus very subtle in the background. Was it an ARP, do you think, Tom? Or was it a... I, I couldn't quite make it out because it was really subtle, but it was providing such a backbone to, like, yeah. the chorus instrumental. I couldn't quite make it out exactly what it was. I'm going to say it's an ARP. Um, but it, because it wasn't immediately in your face, it it, it, it was well mixed in that. It, it just sat really blended well behind the drums just giving that overall body to allow then 
you know, the drums and the vocal to build on top of. Hey, you, spot, loved... you, you said it spot on in the, um, in the last song when you said it decorated the mix. Yes, exactly. So like, it adds, like if you were to take it away, I think like instantly the song would have changed. You know, you know what I mean? It's oh, like, definitely. It's that yeah. make or break element, but you don't get drawn to it like on its own. So it's just a real foundational part of the mix there. Um, I love the drum pattern. So it's a really good like pop bop. It's uh, that was very plosive of me, but yeah, it's really good work. You know, it's it's. I just wish this is where my first critique will come in. I just wish it was louder. So for me, like this genre just needs the drums hitting much harder. And I think by about 3-4 dB, I would have pushed the whole drum bus up on this track. It would have just added so much more like rhythmical weight. Um, and again, I loved the way... See the bass line in this track, Tom? Oh, I was very much enjoying that. <laughs> that was just so good. But again, I just became a, a wee bit frustrated because I was like... I just wanted, wanted it to be a bit thicker in the mix and to coexist, like just like the drums, like 3, 4 dB up. So f for me, because I listened to a lot of this music, that, that low end was just lacking a bit for me and see everything instrumentation-wise was there. It was hitting it. The drums were great. The bass line was so good. I just wish it had that, that low end presence. Um, and that's that's just my opinion there. The vocal performance, what a delivery. Really Smashed strong it. vocal delivery with a massive reverb on that vocal, like a massive reverb. Um, maybe a bit less would have been ideal for me just to bring her again forward. And it might have also helped kind of what you were feeling like she was just getting a little right. bit lost in the mix. I um, didn't even think of that. It could be the verb, yeah. You're right. It yeah. Could, yeah, it could It just... I just noticed it on her on her stops what a massive tail it was on that reverb. So again, that would have pushed her up up front. But what an amazing vocal! Um, and she was smashing out those vocal harmonies like left, right, and centre, wasn't she? And that's something. Oh, that and the ad libs you talk about all the time. And the ad libs exactly. Yeah, so ad libs like every, yeah. are just like yeah, like go for it. Like snaps to you. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah. And I just, yeah, I just really, really liked it. So overall for me, it had the full package. I just think from a mixing perspective, the sonic balance wasn't there for me. And some of the decisions were just not quite right to allow it to fully live up to the potential that I think it had. And that's why I was just a wee bit like, oh, like, I want to compliment this so much, but I also want to be a wee bit hard on it because I just think there's so much potential in there. And what's exciting to me is I think this is like one of our first tracks, I think. And she's already had some good success with it. And if this is the first music that she's making, hats off. Like, if when the production improves, honestly, that will just, that will get some serious radio play because it has that likability straight away. Um, I so think yeah, it'll be played now, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think it is. That's what I mean. I think people are already like taking to this, and this is this is the point I'll make as well. As I'm obviously coming at this hard from a production sense, oh. so I am being overly critical. And I and I did say that at the start. It's just because I'm really passionate about this genre of music. So forgive me. I'm you know I'm not being negative at all. I'm just it's because I saw so much um, potential in this track. So. It's a massive compliment for me. Otherwise, I would just say, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> you know, so why, I'm, I'm passionate about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's why we do this side of things, right? We don't want to just sit here and say, love this, love this, love this. You, It's so important to take on board other opinions and that's where collaboration comes in because if you learn things from everyone you work with and... You start building up repertoire and like all these, all these little nicks and things that you learn from other producers and songwriters. I love it. Um, yes. Yeah, so so yeah, it's so good. I know exactly what you mean. You just really appreciate the song and you just yeah. one of those songs you wish you mixed. Yes, exactly. I wish I mixed that track just to 
just to really get my teeth into it from a production sense. It was it was great. Really enjoyed it. So thank you for sending that in and look forward to hearing some of your new stuff in the future. Definitely. Yeah, thanks so much, Aaliyah. Thank you so much. Right, so on to the question submissions, Tom. Question submissions. So this week, question. Yeah. we'll jump straight into our songwriting question. And this is one, I wanted to ask this as kind of like a, for a selfish reason, because lyrics aren't my strong point. I have to be in the mood to write a song. I have to be even more in a mood to write lyrics. Something that doesn't come naturally to me. Again, what we were just saying with collaboration, just so important, especially for this for me. So what I what we asked this week, songwriting, how do you write your lyrics? And we got some great answers. For me, when it comes to writing music, I or how I write my lyrics is, I like to be in a space where I feel like I'm away from everything. I'm away, from, like so. I, I actually don't like writing on my laptop or anything. Like, so I feel like there's a there's a constant like distraction that's trying to get away. Like whether it's social media or YouTube or music, like other music videos or a live concert. Um, I just feel like for me, it's been a I like just sitting in a room, lock it. I like to lock myself away most of the time with just a guitar, pen and paper, and just kind of go, okay, what am I trying to write? What am I, and just kind of reflect. That's what I do a lot with a lot of my, most of my, my time, most of my writing. And um, yeah, like it's just for me, it just allows me to get really personal to myself and what I'm really feeling and what my emotions are and this and that. And that, um, that's really where I like to write at. I can completely relate there because I probably most of my lyrics will come out when I'm like secluding myself away from everyone and not locking myself in a room. But yeah, I can totally relate there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way that I can do it as well. I have to be completely alone and just be left to my thoughts and have a direction. So great. I think that was Jordan, Jordan Mode. Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Mode. Yeah. So thanks Jordan for that. Taylor Jordan. Mode. Completely agree. <laughs> Completely agree. Next one up from Clinton. So first off, one of the most important things that I like to try and keep in mind um, when songwriting is not to force anything, um, not to try too hard. Um, but aside from that, I mean, every song um, is different and the way it is written um, whether it's a uh, Friday, Saturday night with a little bit of whiskey, just relaxing in my studio, trying to come up with something, or it's <clears throat> going in at it with a concept already in mind and just, you know, strumming along, humming what you find that melody and then building around that. Um, but in the sense of standard and how... I write, you know, every, like I said, every song is different and I just try to make it as simple but relatable as possible. Love that. A little bit of cheeky whiskey. Oh, mate. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And <laughs> like, I, I get this is a, Clinton is the kind of dude I just want to hang out with and just sit down and be like, right, let's write a song. Let's write Grab a song. The whiskey. Let's bash one out. <laughs> um, I do want to send. Just thank you to Clinton. We want, I wanted him to be on the show a couple of weeks ago, but unfortunately he had COVID. So luckily he's all better now, but I just wanted to say thank you, dude, for, for hanging in there and, and yeah. being part of this week's show. Super happy to have you and totally. I would love to hang safe. out one day. You sound like my kind of dude. So Tom, Tom will provide the whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> right, next one up from Gail. Hello, uh, my name is Gail Borowitz. You had asked me about how I write lyrics. Um, I've written since I was a child, uh, grew up in a pretty bad home, and I've always written for therapy. And uh, a lot of times I just think about what I want to say, and then I uh, say it, and I whittle away at it, and I go over it and over it and over it again until I whittle out all the things that I don't want and until I have it flowing and right and powerful and everything I want it to be. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. Thank you, So she's like, she's like finessing her story. 
until she just gets it to hit so right. And I think a lot of people relate to that. Yeah. Using and it as therapy. As well. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, just write, write your problems down, turn it into a song. Love yeah. that. Thanks, Gail. Thank you so much, Gail. That was fantastic. Next one from Avea. So I've been kind of writing on top of my production as I create. And as I produce, I just write lyrics on top of what I'm producing, which has been so much fun and is so much more liberating, I think, than creating a structured piano piece. Um, and I just love doing it much more that way. So that's how I've been writing. Um, so writing lyrics, there's usually one of two ways that I go about it. Number one is that I just have an emotion that I feel very strongly and I want to get it off my chest. And so when I'm writing, usually I'm a very visual person. The way I write is just very visual. I tend to visualize my emotions as some sort of painting or portrait, something that I can see in front of me in some way. Um, so that's how I tend to describe, um, I, I tend to describe any sort of situation is just changing, changing it from being a kind of uh, surface emotion to being something that's more tactile. So that's how I tend to, uh, you know, switch it around. I tend to make uh, something that seems like a simple emotion into kind of a physical representation through visuals. <laughs> um, so there's that. That's usually how I do number one. Number two is I rely on word ammo, which is I will find a word that I really like or like a phrase that I really like and I will log them in my, you know, in my phone and I just have lists and lists of just words and phrases and, and you know, different feelings that I have logged away. And I, if I get writer's block, I kind of pick and choose and I, I see what works and I insert them and I see if they rhyme and, <laughs> and I work from there. So that's basic, the, basically the very long rundown of how I set up my stuff. I'm very sorry if it's not more professional. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds no, professional to me. Yes, yeah, I mean, that's how you write a song. I mean, Avea, first of all, has still got we featured Avea on the show a while ago now, and her song Pathetic is still one of my favorite songs we've listened to. And it's interesting that she said visual, because if you've seen the music video for her track Pathetic, it's very visual and it's very, very visual. artsy and very artistic. So sure. I love that. And, you know, I mean, I, I do the same thing with my notes on my phone. I know friends of mine carry journals of just song titles. And then one day the mood will strike and they'll look at one's title and it will trigger an emotion. And then they can sit down and write about it. So thank you for your very in-depth answer. Um, loved it. Yeah, I loved that. Fantastic. Really good insight. Thank you so much. Next one is from our very own Shailar, who already we featured on the show with our music earlier. So let's see what she's got to say. Hi, this is Shayla McDaniel. I'm a singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist based in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm responding to your how do you write lyrics question on Instagram. Normally, well, really, I can't say normally. <laughs> it's different every time. Um, if I start the song from a phrase that I like, I usually write the melody for that phrase and then add the chords under it. But sometimes when I sit down to write, especially when I don't have the words for a specific emotion, I tend to write chords and then kind of make up stuff and sing over that and come up with lyrics. Other times I write all the lyrics to a song um, like on paper and then try to put it to music after that. But my favorite is when all the lyrics in the music come out together at the same time. Um, also, I'm a huge fan of Pat Patterson's lyric worksheet, especially when I'm stuck. Um, you brained up on a topic, make a list, find a bunch of synonyms, and then find a bunch of rhyming words for it. I like it because it makes finding words easier. That's interesting. I've never heard of that. Me neither. I'm going to have to Google that. Pat that Patterson's yeah. lyric worksheet. I'm going to, yeah. Thank you, Shayla. There we go. With <laughs> Lovely little tip. That's some knowledge. Drop some knowledge there, Shayla. Drop the knowledge bomb. Drop the knowledge. Love that. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much. Again, great insight. Great. Like, we've had such a good variation of techniques there. Um, you know, from writing to production, to starting with chords, to having 
word notes or word ammo, I think she called it. You know, there's there's a, a range of techniques in, in here and it's just so good to hear, diff, I guess, a variation there. Because, it, it, again, it just re-emphasizes what me and Tom bang on every every single week about, which is it's yours to make. So there's no right or wrong answer here, I don't think. I mean, yeah, I would agree. It's great to hear other people's takes on it and it's something that everyone's going to do differently. So what I take from that is just tips and techniques and stuff that I'll try and implement myself and it'll either work for me or it won't. So that's what we should be taking away from that. So thank you for those answers, guys. That was amazing to hear from someone that struggles Love with it, lyrics. <laughs> so <laughs> Andy, your, your production <laughs> question now, right? Yeah, so my production question was... Something that I fundamentally have stuck by now for a wee while, which is my mixing template. So I wanted, I was interested to see what other pe people's mixing template looks like, or if they use one full stop, which has maybe given some of the answers away. So let's go to the first answer. When it comes to mixing a song for me, um, I don't really have a go-to template that I really go to because to me every song is different that I really kind of work on, whether it's my own stuff or with my band or production stuff. Um, but I do save a lot of presets, especially when it comes to EQing and uh, compressors and stuff like that, just because I'll, it's a good way to start, especially if you're doing a lot of rock music or a lot of pop music or whatever it is. At least you have, you've, you know, the work you've done in the past at least can get you steered to the right direction. Um, and then from there, you can kind of tweak it to the individual song need, like purposes and needs. But um, that's really where I kind of start. Uh, if I, if I, you know, there's something that seems that I can use, uh, like, hey, like this uh, preset may work well here. It looks good. Let's start now. Start tweaking it type of deal. But that's really the only kind of template I really have. But everything else is kind of just catered and tailor made to the song that's. That's cool. So like for me, it's it's like um, I have my mixing template, but it's interesting because I don't do what Jordan said there and like have any kind of presets set up from my previous work, which is actually probably a, an oversight. I mostly rely on like my, you know, all my channels are, are organized and like I've got my drums group, I've got my bass group, I've got my mids group, I've got my lead my leads group, my vocals, my backing vocals groups, and then they're all rooted to, you know, my instrument bus, my effects buses, you know, side compression buses, and then my master bus. So that's really where I've done it. And I, I, I find that I've typically, I have thought for a while about then making my mixing template have, like, plugins already, like, like turned off, but already, like, loaded up in my channels but the reason that I stopped doing that is because I feel like it, it forced me down a way that I might not have chosen to do because I think subconsciously if it was on my channel I was like oh I have to use it but really if I have a compressor on a track I might not have put that compressor on the track because it might not have needed compression I don't know that's just something that I've you know came across through my mixing kind of journey um, to try and like not narrow my, I guess, field of vision, you know, so. Yeah, I do the same thing. I, I track and mix in two different sessions. So I'll track everything in one session, bounce all the stems out, load them into my mix template. And it's not a plug-in template, really. It's more like you said, just rooted all to how I like mm -hmm. and how I know and feel comfortable. I know when I load it into this track, it's being sent here, bust here, and that bus is going yeah. to this bus, you know? And that takes a long time if you do that for every single session to get everything set up. So that's what I do. I, I track everything in one. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for that, Jordan. So I recently made the switch from using Logic to using Pro Tools. And when I was using Logic, I definitely didn't have a mix template. I was uh, just mixing as I went along. Now that I have started using Pro Tools, I've taken a more sophisticated approach, I guess, um, to mixing, and I've started to try and develop a, a mix template. I'm still in the early stages of doing that, but uh, I definitely have a, a drum bus, a vocal bus, and everything kind of broken down. 
separately, and I think it's a more efficient way to work. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely in the early stages of that, but I can already see the benefits of breaking a, a mix down um, in that kind of way. So yeah, I also like the idea of not um, having a template for anything and kind of treating each session um, differently. Um, because of course no two sessions are the same so it's good to have a complete um, fresh take on each one but um, it definitely can be beneficial if you know that you're going to use similar reverbs or similar similar um, side chains it's definitely worth having those ready to go just for working more efficiently yeah so like there's a fine balance isn't there between like efficiency and not restricting your mix so that, that's yeah. why it's so interesting, this topic for me, because I feel like you've got to find a balance because you can't be so flexible that you start from scratch every time, you know, and you, you, you even, you know, just load up Logic and click a new project and have to route, you know, 40 tracks up before you even start your mix. Like, but then you can't just have everything already loaded up. You load in your, your stems and put all your plugins on and, and expect that to be mixed. So Dude, I mean for me it's more of a I get lazy real easily and I lose any motivation I have real easily. <gasps> so if I have to sit and route everything, I'm like, this is gonna take me, you know, half an hour. Just yeah. I can't even get onto music. Soul I have to be like an IT tech for the next 30 yeah. minutes. <laughs> so for me it is just to try and keep that motivation because I lose it so easily and it's something that you know I wish I could change about myself but I can't so I had to make my own ways around that and that's why everything is set up again I don't have any plugins on it but everything has its own name has its own color has its own so I've I've done the same used the same colors for years I've used the same methods in terms of sending my drums here, sending my kick and snare, side-chaining my kick and bass together, all that, all it's set up, I don't need to touch it, I just drag it in. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's just where it is. So again, it's really it's fascinating, like you said, Andy, to hear how other people tackle this. And yeah. there is no wrong answer, which is what I love. No, totally. And it will be so interesting as well, like I'm sure like from one Grammy award-winning producer to the other, there'll be completely different, like, templates that they'll use. So it's, it's again, this kind of thing fascinates the hell out of me. So thanks so much. On to the next one. Thank you. Your podcast is a wonderful platform for people to learn. And uh, listening through, I can see that you guys are doing a great job, which is why I think that I have an absolute awful candidate to answer this question. <laughs> Um, my sessions are an absolute embarrassment to humanity. Um, I, I never balance anything out. The current track that I'm working on, Ambient, has 200 uh, tracks, okay. and I don't, I don't, uh, you know, reduce them to 40 or less type situation to mix. I literally mix the, the 200. So I, I am the worst. I, uh, I'm just disorganized and, and cluttered so anyway i'm no help i'm an anomaly but i guess maybe some hope for those of you that are out there that are also insanely disorganized if you keep if you spend enough time on it you might get somewhere but anyway good luck guys <laughs> proves, good luck with your 200 tracks <laughs> it proves that everyone does it differently i totally th the thought of that gives me a headache yeah the thought um, of that scares the shit out of me i'm not <laughs> Uh, and here's the thing, I'm not talented enough to mix 200 tracks together. No. I couldn't do that. I struggle with no, me neither. 30 maximum. Like, that is the absolute max. And that's with all wow. the drums and all the different, you know, two yeah, kick yeah. mics, two, two snare mics, a, a snare room mic. You know, like, there's 14 mics just for the drum kit. So it's, yeah, fair play, man. Like, again, fair just... Fair play, hats off to you. It just proves that everyone has their different methods and it works for them. And that's why I love yeah. talking about this. And there's maybe some like beauty in the chaos of him mixing 200 tracks, you know? Because, it's, you know, um, we've had Red Green on the podcast and he had an amazing track that we played, I don't know, a good couple of episodes back now, wasn't it, Tom? And, and that was 
well produced so he's he knows his stuff this guy <laughs> so it's just there must be some beauty in the and the mixing production chaos that must ensue from 200 tracks in, in a unorganised fashion. But, you know, brilliant. It still works. Yeah, absolutely does. <laughs> uh, yeah, what a fun question. What a fun episode, <laughs> so right? Good. Yeah, totally. And we've got one more. We've got another spin on the same kind of feeling um, from Avaya. Um, I wish I could answer the producer question. I usually send my mixes to a mixing engineer be, like once it's done, once the produ production is done, I'll send it to a mixing engineer because I am garbage <laughs> at mixing. Um, and I just, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know how to do it yet very well and I'm working on it, but for now it goes to a mixing engineer. And in terms of any sort of template that I use while, maybe while I'm in the production mode, I wish I had a professional answer. I wish that I had a real <laughs> template that I could be like, this, this, and this. But honestly, uh, it's all kind of, uh, it's, it's all kind of, there's no rhyme or reason to how I start producing a song, how I create the setup. It usually starts with one instrument, and then from there it just spirals. Um, yeah, I wish I, I, I wish I had a good answer for that question. <laughs> that is a good answer. That again, is a good answer. Like, emphasizes the... A kind of flexibility that the creative element needs, you know? So, again, no right or wrong answers, Avaya. No right or wrong. And, and thank you. I mean, yeah. Again, it's just nice to hear someone, someone else's feedback on a question like that. And someone else's voice on the, on exactly. the podcast. Exactly. Other than me sick of this guy's voice. <laughs> yeah. Sick of it. Sick of it. <laughs> so, that rhymes, that rhymes up. Is that is that the right term of phrase? That rhymes it's, up is not the correct it's, term. It's, it's that you're not the for. correct wording, which tells me it's time to round close things this podcast. up. <laughs> round things up. <laughs> That's you know that over to you, Tom. Over to you to close the episode. <laughs> I think Andy needs to lie down. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, thank you so much, guys. The music we've listened to is fantastic. I think. You know, so I mean, some of the best thoughts we've had on the show regarding the questions. So yeah. thank you again from Andy and myself. Um, so do you want to say next week's question or should I go first? You go first because I've actually okay. thought of mine. So I'm just going. Okay, so he's making it up as he goes. So I'm taking Ooh. the production question for this week. And this week, since many of you, a lot of you probably know by now, I, I'm a drummer. Drum production is something that very it sticks out to me straight away. So my question is, how do you make your drums pop in the mix? Ooh, so like it. very. It's not how do you mix your drums. What techniques or tips have you found to maybe bring them forward and make emphasize something? So the how punch. do you make your drums pop in the mix? Love Andy, that. hopefully you have a question. That's exciting. Yes. So, with songwriting, I'm, I'm very conscious that there's the usual typical uh, like structure of a song. So we all know the structure, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. But I want to know, guys, what song structures best work for you and why? So do you use that structure? And if so, why? But if you have a different structure or if you have a different technique when writing a song you know a different way that you build the structure of your song I'd love to know why and I'd especially love to know why if it's not that typical structure because I use that structure quite a lot I haven't always but there's something that keeps on drawing me towards it and I think there's a fundamental reason why it's so popular but I would love to hear some other opinions. So yeah, what song structures work best for you? Cool, great question. Great question. Thanks, um, I'm excited to hear your answers to both the questions. And yeah. all we can say is we hope you have a fantastic week. Hope you love the songs. Please check out the artists that we've featured. We'll leave links to their music in the description. Show them some love in the comments. Like and follow them on their social medias. You can find us on social media at Songwriters Lounge and we will see you this time next week. Totally.
And please, guys, if you are enjoying the show, tell your songwriting friends about it because hopefully they will enjoy the show just as much and they can get involved and send us their DMs and their music and, and we can grow this family. So, yeah, thank you so much, guys, and we'll check you out next week. See you next week, guys. Take it easy now. <laughs>